greetings of the day. I Ashima Vich on behalf of APS Mamoon welcome you all at our podcast Words Birds episode 12 with the theme Independence Day. As you all know this year we are celebrating the 75th year of independence. Like every year we are celebrating this with lots of enthusiasm and love for our mother India. This is the day to remember the countless sacrifices and struggles our freedom fighters have made to make India free from British rule. Usually the day is observed with parades and pageants showcasing their talent and scenes of independence struggle to the cultural diversity of India. The theme of 2021 Independence Day is Nation first always first. इसका मतलब है कि अगर हमारा हिंदुस्तान आगे रहेगा तो हम भी हमेशा आगे रहेंगे आओ झुककर सलाम करें उन्हें जिनकी ज़िंदगी में मुकाम आया है किस कदर खुशनसीब हैं वो लोग जिनका लहू भारत के काम आया है विद दिस लेट अस मूव टू आवर फर्स्ट सेक्शन इग्नाइटिंग द माइंड्स विद मिसेस सुधा चांद ग्रीटिंग्स ऑफ द डे On the occasion of 75th Independence Day, I, Dr. Sudha, will be talking about one of the greatest freedom fighters of India, Netaji Subhash Chandra Bose. He was a part of the military wing and known for his advocacy of socialist policies. The 1940s clearly belonged to Netaji, as it was he who gave the knockout punch to the British. He was the first leader in the world to give weapons to women to fight for the country. This destabilized the British power in India as they didn't have enough army to fight after that. The slogan Jai Hind was adopted by Netaji for Indian National Army in 1941. He also formed Indian radio called Azad Hind Radio. Subhash Chandra Bose was born on 23rd January 1897 in Katak, Orissa to Jankinath Bose, a well-reputed advocate and Prabhavati Devi. Bose's nationalist temperament first came to light at the Presidency College Calcutta where he was rusticated for assaulting Professor Oten for his anti-India comments. During the mid 1930s, Bose traveled in Europe visiting Indian students and European politicians including Mussolini. He observed party organization and saw communism and fascism in action. In 1938, he had become a leader of national stature and agreed to accept the nomination as Congress president. He stood for Swaraj, self-governance, but this however meant a confrontation with Gandhi which also created a rift between him and Nehru. On the outbreak of World War II, Bose advocated a campaign of mass civil disobedience. Bose escaped to Germany via Afghanistan and the Soviet Union. In Germany to Hitler and Bose, I swear by God this holy oath that I'll obey the leader of German race and state Adolf Hitler as the commander of German armed forces in the fight for India whose leader is Subhash Chandra Bose. Matters worsened, but now a retreating German army would be in no position to offer him help in driving the British from India. 
So in 1943, Bose turned his back on his legionaries and slipped secretly away aboard a submarine bound for Japan. Bose took control of the Indian National Army and was able to reorganize the fledgling army and gathered much support among the expatriate population in Southeast Asia. Netaji Subhashchandra Bose's powerful speech sent electrifying waves of love for the country when he gave the slogan, You give me blood and I shall give you freedom. The INS first commitment was the Japanese thrust towards the eastern India frontiers of Manipur. The INA and Japanese also took possession of Andaman and Nicobar Islands in 1942. It was the Battle of Kohima and Imphal which had a significant impact on the INA. The Japanese could no longer front their armies and eventually surrendered. The INA were no match for the British troops without the help of the Japanese and therefore surrendered to the British as well. Mystery still surrounds the disappearance and eventual death of Bose, though it is said that he is alleged to have died in a plane crash in Taipei, Taiwan on 18th August 1945 while en route to Tokyo. The Imperial Japanese bomber he was traveling on had engine trouble and when it crashed, Bose was badly burnt, dying in a local hospital few hours later. India celebrates freedom fighter Netaji Subhash Chandra Bose's birth anniversary on 23rd January. The Union Ministry has marked this day as Prakram Divas to honor Netaji and inspire the youth of India. Jai Hind! Bhool na jana Bharat ma ke saputon ka balidan Is din ke liye jo huye the haskar kurban Azadi ki khushiyan manakar lo shapat ye ki बनाएंगे देश भारत को और भी महान और भी महान चलते हैं हमारे अगले सेक्शन की ओर अनफोल्डिंग द इवेंट्स विद मिसेस चिताली सून व्हेन ऑल इज वेल यू आर गोइंग टू लुक बैक ऑन द स्पिरिट ऑफ योर लाइफ and be glad that you never give up greetings of the day today i chetali sharma is going to update you about the events of aps mamoon so here it goes online and offline classes are going on for classes 10 11 and 12 and all rules and instructions set by government regarding COVID safety are being followed. Class 9 to have offline classes tentatively from 16th August. Online quiz and Olympiad registration links are being shared in class groups. Interested students can participate. As August month is dedicated to the English subject, the activity conducted for class 9th is Declamation in which Aru of 9th A stood first, Swanim Chopra of 9th A stood second, and Gayatri Narale of 9th D stood third.
Congratulations everyone. Seminar on Inclusive Education was conducted on 30th May by APS Mamoon for sanitization of parents. The chief guest of the event was GOC Major General Rajesh Arun Moge and Mrs. Shireen Moge. A short session by 14RR was conducted for the students. In this session, Colonel Raj Abhinav, Bar Tusena Medal, Commanding Officer 14 Raj Ref, Major Pavni and Captain Samir gave motivational talks to students with an aim to join armed forces. The motive of the session was to motivate young minds. That's all for today's news section. Thank you. Have a nice day. There are some historical figures who can seem larger than life, like Martin Luther King Jr., Abraham Lincoln, or Albert Einstein. And sometimes it is very difficult to imagine them growing up and having some of the same concerns as average teenager. That is why it's quite remarkable that we have the autobiography of Mohandas Karamchand Gandhi, one of the most influential person of the 20th century, providing us with his own story from his own perspective. Gandhi was the man whose life was guided by the pursuit of truth with the capital T and his message continues to be the vital and inspirational one that deserves to be heard. With these words, I invite Anya of class 8 to put some light on the life of Mahatma Gandhi. Greetings of day. Today I, Anya Gusai, a student of class 8, am going to review a book, an autobiography of Mahatma Gandhi that is My Experiments with the Truth. Gandhi's philosophy of non-violent resistance or Satyagraha is known worldwide and was developed through his study of racial prejudice against South African Indians. Later, it was applied to the injustices suffered by Indians under the British rule and was a key factor during the fight for freedom. Always trying to understand the opposing side's perspective, and continuously developing himself through dietary or other measures, Gandhi and his quest for truth encouraged many to continue to question the world around us and the truth within ourselves. Mohandas Karamchand Gandhi was born in India on October 2, 1869. He was the youngest child born to Karamchand Gandhi's father and Putli by his mother. His family belonged to the Modbanya, a class of Hindu merchants, and lived in the harbour town of Purbandar in the western state of Gujarat. In school, Gandhi was an average student at best, but he did display an early talent for understanding morality. When describing his morality, a specific incident comes to mind. Mohandas was working at his lessons in his room when his brother came in. He was looking very worried and whispered something in Mohandas's ear. The brother had gone into a debt of 25 rupees 
and wanted Mohandas to help him out. After much careful thinking, Mohandas had a plan. He quietly went to his brother when he was asleep and stole a little gold from his armlet. Next morning, the gold was sold and the debt was cleared. In order to help one brother, Mohandas had stolen a hit of gold from the other. But by doing so, he had lost all peace of mind and could not decide what amends he should make for his wrongs. At last, he decided to tell his father the whole truth. He wrote a letter to him telling him all about the incident while promising his father that he would never steal again. He asked his father to punish him as severely as he wished and begged him not to feel pained about it in any way. The father was ill at the time and had to lie in bed all day. Mohandas went up to him, handed the letter and sat down quietly near the bed. When his father read the letter, tears began to roll down his cheeks and as he watched the tears, Mohandas's heart sank with shame and remorse. His father's tears affected him very deeply. This time he took a silent vow never to do an unrighteous deed again. This incident marked a turning point in his life and he strove ever after to be ever good and truthful. As a young adult, Gandhi wanted to go to London to study law. However, things got complicated because the caste his family belonged to claimed it was against their religion to travel abroad and therefore threatened to kick Gandhi out if he went to London to attend university college. The threats, however, didn't sway Gandhi. While he did end up getting expelled from his caste, Gandhi's time in England was fruitful as it allowed him to learn in ways that would serve him well in the years to come. These college years taught Gandhi how to live frugally and get by while managing a tight budget. Perhaps more importantly, this time gave him the chance to cultivate his knowledge of law and religion. When the time came, Gandhi had no trouble passing his examinations. On June 10, 1891, he was called to the bar, making him an official barrister of the court. Things were looking up for him in April of 1893 when he found work at Dada Abdullah & Co., a Muslim law firm in South Africa. In his first big case, he represented a Muslim merchant who was suing another merchant over a fraudulent transaction. As befitted of his generous nature, Gandhi didn't just help his client win the case, but he also made sure the other merchant could pay off his debt in installments, thereby saving him the embarrassment of declaring bankruptcy. In 1897, Gandhi arrived to the Republic of Natal and this time he brought his family with him. Amid all of this activity, Gandhi found himself making a good deal of money and he was worried that he might succumb to the greed that often accompanies wealth. So he returned to his beloved India and volunteered for the Indian National Congress. It was a humbling experience since it involved such menial tasks such as buttoning up an official's shirt. By the time Gandhi reached his homeland in January of 1915, 
He was 45 years old and a national hero. Meanwhile, there proved to be no shortage of injustice in India as Gandhi continued to push back against the exploitative social system. A particular target was the thin katya system which forced tenants to plant indigo on behalf of their landlords, essentially turning them into the serfs of the country's landowners. Remarkably, with pressure from Gandhi, the government finally abolished thin katya, a practice that had been part of India for over a century. A significant part of the civil disobedience movement led by Gandhi was the Salt Satyagraha. Since the 1870s, there had been a heavy tax placed on salt, making it unusually expensive for Indians to obtain and putting a lot of money into the pockets of British colonizers. In a clever turn, Gandhi began to encourage Indians to use seawater to make their own salt. He even held a 24-day march that lasted from 12th March to 5th April 1930 from Savamati Ashram to Dandi as a direct action campaign of tax resistance and non-violent protest against the British salt monopoly. As for Gandhi's non-cooperation movement, Real progress was made when a resolution was passed at the Nagpur Annual Congress meeting in 1920. The resolution called for an end to cooperation with the British colonial government and the beginning of India's own constitutional rule. This essentially amounted to a boycott of British institutions, including educational and legal ones, as well as any British products. Instead of British textiles, Gandhi now advocated the use of khadi, homespun cloth garments and urged both men and women of all ages to spin cloth as a part of the independence movement. This is where Gandhi's autobiography comes to a close, though in many ways his movement for independence was just getting started. Indeed, the commitment to truth that emanated from Gandhi's life and work continues to point the way forward for many peace-loving activists determined to see justice and equality for all. Mohandas Karamchand Gandhi passed away on the 30th of January 1948 after being assassinated. जय जन भारत जनमन अभिमत जनगण तंत्र विधाता जय गण तंत्र विधाता नमस्कार मैं अफीना चर्पिंग बर्ड्स में आपका स्वागत करती हूं जैसा कि आप जानते हैं आज हम 75th इंडिपेंडेंस डे मना रहे हैं 
तो मेरे और हमारे पूरे स्कूल की तरफ से आप सबको हैप्पी इंडिपेंडेंस डे स्वतंत्रता दिवस यानी इंडिपेंडेंस डे का नाम सुनते ही हमारे दिलों में एक अलग उमंग और जज्बा जाग उठता है यही रीजन है कि इस बार चॉपिंग बर्ड्स में हमारे पास थ्री एंट्रीज आई हैं। सबसे पहले हिंदी की कविता लेके आ रहे हैं क्लास वन के स्टूडेंट विश्व विजय उसके बाद क्लास नाइन की स्टूडेंट कशिश शर्मा हमें अपनी आवाज में एक हिंदी की कविता सुनाएंगी साथ ही इस बार हमारे पास एक अलग एंट्री भी आई है माधविजय की जो हमें पियानो पे नेशनल एंथम सुनाएंगे तो देर किस बात की चलिए सुनते हैं हमारी पहली ऑडियो को हेलो एवरीवन आई एम विजय टुडे आई एम गोइंग टू डिसाइड हिंदी पोयम व्हील तुम बड़े चलो व्हील तुम बड़े चलो हाथ में दजाले बाल दे सजाले दच कभी झुके नहीं दिल कभी लुके नहीं व्हील तुम बड़े चलो व्हील तुम बड़े चलो सामने पहाड़ हो सिंह की दहाड़ हो तुम डटो नहीं तुम डटो वहीं व्हील तुम बड़े चलो व्हील तुम बड़े चलो लाठो की लाठो संघ हो ना साठ हो सूर्य से बड़े चलो चंद्र से बड़े चलो व्हील तुम बड़े चलो व्हील तुम बड़े चलो एक धजली हुए एक पंट की हुए मार्ट मूवी के लिए पित्त मूवी के लिए व्हील तुम बड़े चलो व्हील तुम बड़े चलो अन मूवी से भला वाल मूवी से भला जहाँ डाल डाल पर सोने की चिड़िया करती है बसेरा वो भारत देश है मेरा वो भारत देश है मेरा जहाँ सत्य अहिंसा और धर्म का पंख पंख लगता डेरा वो भारत देश है मेरा वो भारत देश है मेरा ये धरती वो जहाँ ऋषि मुनीन जपते प्रभु नाम की माला जहाँ पर बालक एक मोहन और है और राधा हर एक बाला जहाँ सूरज सबसे पहले आकर डाले अपना फेरा वो देश वो भारत देश है मेरा वो भारत देश है मेरा अकवेलों की इस धरती के त्योहार भी हैं अकवेले कहीं दीपावली की जगमग है कहीं है होली के मेले जहाँ राग रंग और हंसी खुशी का चारों ओर है गेरा वो भारत देश है मेरा वो भारत देश है मेरा जब आसमान में से बातें करते मंदिर और शिवालय जहाँ किसी नगर में किसी द्वार पर कोई ना ता, ताला डाले प्रेम की बंसी जहाँ बजाते हैं ये शाम सवेरा वो भारत देश है मेरा वो भारत देश है मेरा राजेंद्र किशन आप सबको मेरी ओर से स्वतंत्रता दिवस की बहुत बहुत शुभकामनाएं जय हिंद जय भारत हेलो एवरीवन आई एम माधुजय आई विल प्ले नेशनल एंथम ऑन पियानो फॉर यू ऑल
डे ग्रीटिंग्स ऑफ द डे ऑन द ओकेजन ऑफ सेवेंटी फिफ्थ इंडिपेंडेंस डे आई एंजली विल टॉक अबाउट अशोक का चक्र यू मे हैव ड्रॉन आर नेशनल फ्लैग एंड यू नो देर इज अ चक्र इन द सेंटर ऑफ द फ्लैग एंड देर आर ट्वेंटी फोर स्पोक्स इन इट दैट चक्र इज नॉन एज अशोक चक्र टूडे I'll tell you about the meaning of those 24 spokes. The first spoke inspire to live a simple life. Second spoke health inspire to be healthy from body and mind. Third spoke peace to maintain peace and harmony throughout the country. Fourth spoke sacrifice to be ready for any sacrifice for the sake of country and society fifth spoke morality to maintain high morality in professional and personal life sixth spoke service ready to serve country and society when needed seventh spoke forgiveness a feeling of forgiveness toward humans and other creatures eighth spoke feeling of love toward the country and all other creatures of god ninth spoke friendship to have cordial relation with all citizens tenth spoke fraternity to develop a sense of brotherhood in the country eleventh spoke organization strengthening the unity and integrity of the nation twelfth spoke welfare participate in welfare activities related to country and society 13th spoke prosperity actively participate in the development of the country 14th spoke industry to assist the country in its industrial progress 15th spoke safety safety to be always ready for the protection of the country 16th spoke equality establishment of a society based on equality 18th spoke artha optimum utilization of money 19th policy to have faith in the country's policy 20th justice talking about justice for all 21 cooperation working together 22 duties to obey your duties honestly 23rd spoke rights don't abuse your rights 24th spoke wisdom to have knowledge beyond books so in this way you have learned that Each spoke of Ashoka Chakra has its own meaning. These 24 spokes are 24 principles which should be followed by the citizens so that the difference of caste, religion, language and attire can be minimized. These spokes give a clear message to all the countrymen about their rights and duties. Each spoke on the chakra symbolizes one principle of life 
and also the 24 hours in the day which is why it is also called the wheel of time one th- one thing more i want to tell you india's highest peace time military decoration award for valor courage action and self sacrifice away from the battlefield is also called ashoka chakra jai hind नमस्कार मैं अफीना आपका फिर से स्वागत करती हूँ आज हम अपने पॉडकास्ट में एक नए सेक्शन की शुरुआत कर रहे हैं इस सेक्शन में हम आपके लिए छोटी छोटी कहानियाँ लेके आएंगे और इन कहानियों से हमें कोई ना कोई सीख जरूर मिलेगी तो आज हम एक देशभक्ति की कहानी लेके आए हैं ये कहानी स्वामी विवेकानंद की जिंदगी से जुड़े एक वाक्य के ऊपर है एक बार की बात है स्वामी विवेकानंद किसी काम से जापान गए हुए थे अब जैसे स्वामी विवेकानंद को फ्रूट्स बहुत पसंद थे उन्हें फलों का बहुत ज्यादा शौक था तो वो फल खरीदने मार्केट गए बहुत ढूंढने पर भी उन्हें कोई फल की दुकान नजर ना आई वहीं वापस लौटते वक्त उन्हें एक आदमी आम बेचते नजर आया तो उन्होंने उससे आम खरीदे क्योंकि स्वामी विवेकानंद बहुत जल्दी में थे तो वो ये ध्यान ना कर पाए कि वो आदमी कैसे आम उनकी बास्किट में रख रहा है वो उस आम लेकर अपने घर की तरफ रवाना हुए वहीं रास्ते में अचानक से वो रुके और अपनी बास्किट को चेक करने लगे तो उनकी नजर पड़ी कि कुछ आम उसमें खराब थे वहीं थोड़ी ही दूर एक छोटा लड़का था उस बच्चे के पास भी आम थे उसने इन सब चीजों को देखा वो स्वामी विवेकानंद के पास आया और उसने अपनी बास्किट से आम निकाल के स्वामी विवेकानंद की बास्किट में रख दिए और कहा ये आम आप रख लीजिए स्वामी विवेकानंद हैरान हुए और उस बच्चे से पूछा बेटे आप ये आम मुझे क्यों दे रहे हो तो उस बच्चे ने कहा जब आप अपने देश वापस जाइएगा तो किसी से ये मत कहना कि जापान में आपको किसी ने धोखे से खराब आम दे दिए थे ये बात सुनकर स्वामी विवेकानंद हैरान हो गए कि इतने छोटे से बच्चे के दिल में भी देशभक्ति की भावना इतनी ज्यादा भरी हुई है ये थी हमारी छोटी सी कहानी इस कहानी से हमें ये सीख मिलती है कि देशभक्ति के लिए बहुत बड़ा काम नहीं छोटे छोटे कामों से भी हम अपना देशभक्ति को जाहिर कर सकते हैं जब मौका मिले ईमानदारी से काम करें और लोगों को प्रभावित करें उम्मीद करती हूँ आपको हमारी ये कहानी पसंद आई होगी आज के लिए इतना ही धन्यवाद India as a land of dichotomies some of the most modern office complexes are difficult to reach because of traffic jams its democracy tolerates one of the asia's largest slums its large number of educated knowledge workers disguise the world's highest tally of the school dropouts and globally renowned companies operate in an often hopelessly bureaucratic home market 
नमस्कार आई शेखर शर्मा अलॉन्ग विद माई स्टूडेंट वैशाली वेलकम यू ऑल इन द लास्ट सेक्शन ऑफ आर पॉडकास्ट दैट इज डेलिब्रेशंस एंड टुडे वी आर गोइंग टू डिस्कस अबाउट आर बिलविड कंट्री इंडिया सो विशाली आई वुड लाइक टू आस्क यू दैट वट इज द मीनिंग ऑफ इंडिपेंडेंस टू यू एज अ गर्ल अराउंड इंडिपेंडेंस डे every year i ask myself the same question what does independence day mean to me as a woman does celebrating the independence of my country from foreign rule mean i am independent in the real sense or do i need to dwell deeper to know what it really mean or what it should mean being a woman I want the freedom for women to make their own choices regarding a lot of things. I do not like the baggage that comes with those decisions though. For example, you can educate yourself but you should study certain streams only as it will not hinder you in running your home smoothly after marriage. Or you can go out but be back by a certain hour. and your clothes should be decent for me real independence also mean to live my life the way i want to without fear i want freedom from fear of being judged freedom from fear of falling short of expectations that the society has conveniently earmarked for a woman freedom from fear of being sexually harassed freedom from fear of disappointing my loved ones and so on and so forth i will feel free the day i will hear less or no news on women rape cases girl child abortion eve teasing dory deaths etc i want a day when women get to live in an equitable society a day when a woman can walk freely on the road even if it is midnight I am looking forward to a day when a girl child will be considered a blessing instead of a burden that day I will truly feel independent as an indian woman freedom also mean the liberty to be wrong i should have the liberty to commit mistake i will have only myself to blame and when i do succeed i will only have myself to thank for I think this is worth the bargain. All decisions should root from me which I think is a good thing. I truly believe that when you are not under the influence of other people that you will get to know yourself more and what you are capable of. Don't you think life will be a waste if you are still wondering who you really are while lying on your deathbed true independence is to learn to be responsible for every aspect of one's life one's health one's career yourself if you truly want to be free i dream of an ideal world where women are respected for who they are the day when women feel truly liberated from inside will be the day of independence for me in a true sense poverty is not an accident like slavery and apartheid it is man made and can be removed by the actions of human beings 
Nansel Mandela. With this, sir, I would like to know your views about independence from poverty in India. For all the promising changes underway, India remains a place of striking paradoxes. Even as India's global power increases, its problem at home remains pressing. Of a population of 135 crore, at least 100 crore live in poverty in India. Applying even in the broadest definition of a middle class income, one that creates a rock bottom threshold of 750 rupees a day as a barrier to entry. Just 27 crore Indian qualify. Some 26.2 crore Indians subsist on less than 100 rupee a day. Moreover, 1.2 crore Indians enter the labor force every year, an influx of labor market struggles to absorb. While India's fast-growing tech sector accounted for 9.3% of GDP in 2016, the industry employed just 37 lakh workers. The labor-intensive textile sector, by contrast, made up of 2% of GDP but employed only 45 lakh workers. About half of the India's population still works in farming to survive, but agriculture makes up just 17.4% of the economy. As you said, Vishali, poverty is created. So do I think? Let's take a thought experiment. If we ask a rich people to part away with some of their wealth and distribute it among poor people, then most probably they would say that they will not do so as they have earned it with their hard work. which is partly correct but you see all are not born equal so they never get any chance to grow in life most of the people in country like india are born in poverty grow in poverty get old in poverty and then die in poverty and vice versa now in this thought experiment if we put the name of all the people in the country in a bowl and say that whoever's names will be picked will receive huge wealth and rest of the people will go poor in that scenario everyone from the upper strata of life will say that it is better to distribute the money equally rather than this chit system why because then the rich people will fear to lose everything if their names are not picked You see this is the case where we can come to know that equality or poverty are created by the human mind and they can also be solved by the humanity only for an illiterate person both a and z have hardly any difference as both have three sticks but they cannot know that they encompass the whole of the language So Vishali have we got the independence from illiteracy after 75 years of independence from the britishers or still to be We hear a lot about illiteracy in the developing countries Illiteracy in India is a curse since it holds the people in complete darkness Illiteracy is basically defined as the inability of a person to read and write people with this inability and with lack of knowledge in a particular field or subject are called illiterates india is the second largest populated country in the world and its illiteracy rate is also high although 
many initiatives and measures taken by the government have reduced illiteracy to a large extent still nearly 287 million people in india are illiterates this hinders the economic progress of our nation and this must be eradicated the root cause for high illiteracy rate in india is poverty parents with poor financial background are unable to send their children even to government schools since they cannot afford to buy their books and other necessities lack of awareness and gender inequality is another reason for illiteracy in india among girl children in most rural areas education must be free this must include fees books uniforms food stationery and everything that the child need awareness programs on the importance of education must be conducted in each and every part of the country mass illiteracy is india's sin and shame and must be liquidated mahatma gandhi in order to uproot illiteracy from india every citizen must jointly work together with a single motto each one teach one the hardest work in the world is being out of work while the national joblessness rate climbed to 7.14% sir what do you have to say about unemployment in india well vishali india mainly is a agricultural land but as the farms are shrinking in size and their production output is relatively low so farms wages are low people now are looking towards industries so unemployment rates are on the rise because farms are unprofitable and they aren't enough industrial jobs people in their wealthier countries often assume that inefficient economies just need a larger labor force but in india where there is a infinite number of potential workers the unemployment rate is on the rise why is this so well the total farmland available in india today is only half of what it was in 1970s 80% of indian farms are smaller than 2 hectares and most are only about the size of half a football field About half of the employed people in India are still employed in farms. But in 2020, farm production accounted for only 17.4% of India's GDP. Overall, farms don't produce much, so farmers working on them don't earn much. When people in farming villages want to get out, they often look for the jobs in factories. But those are also difficult to come by. Most Indian companies deliberately maintain their size and avoid any expansion or growth. Why? First off, employees in India are protected by certain rules and regulations. Employers on the other hand are not. What would you do if you found one of your employees sleeping on the job? You would fire them, right? Well, in India it is very difficult to fire anyone. So employers cannot replace unproductive employees with better ones. Secondly, Indian companies with more than 99 employees get targeted by the Krugd government inspectors who demand bribes if they find any violations. Now let's talk about other jobs in tertiary sectors. 
every year in india there are around 9000 phd holders 15000 new lawyers 30000 new doctors 3 lakh new engineers but what about the rest of the 3.7 crore students who had enrolled for the same well actually the number of unemployed people is very high than the data we have at hand having said that we can move forward if infrastructure improves if farm industry is reformed and if the government develops the right relationship with private sectors in the times to come